Friday, November 10th. Today is a Riley Friday, uh, and some might say it is a Riley Friday in the purest form because I am hosting the show today. I'm joined by Carter Elliott, our beloved co-host Greg Waddell. He is out tonight as we record this. He is hosting the Phil 68 After Dark. Uh, go tune in to what he has to say. I know I'm a little biased, but I think he's the best host in the rotation, so got to give him his flowers. But how are you doing this evening, Cart? I'm doing good. Uh, I'm still trying to come to grips with the fact that you two conspired completely without telling me that this is going to happen. Just so everyone knows, I hopped onto the Zoom to record this pod and I just got hit with a, yeah, uh, Greg said that uh, I'm, I'm taking over. I'm the host for tonight. So and I'm like, all right. I mean, you guys could have told me that up front, but, you know, I'm, I'm I kind of like this. I, you know, I'm, I'm a little upset that you didn't start with this is bluffs friday but you know I, I thought that was a pretty good intro by you you know i think i had it in my mind to to say it is riley friday aka bluffs but i botched it i did add bluffs the bluffs moniker to my twitter bio this week that was feedback i think thrown in the discord y'all talked about it on a show and i'm a man of the people and i, I gave them what they wanted i threw bluffs in there because yes I, I fully embraced that nickname so i'm excited to get into his night run a little two-man game a, l- a little pick and roll uh, some might say that, you know, this is like the, the glory days of Andre Curbelo and Coleman Hawkins running the pick and roll. Cause you know, I got a little Puerto Rican in me. So <laughs> that, that's a crazy, crazy and like connection, but I don't hate it at all. Freshman year Curbelo when he was getting like six assists a game off the bench. That's how we're going to, that's how we're rolling tonight. Um, I love so yeah, we'll set the stage a little bit with uh, we're recording this shortly after Michigan State's win over Southern Indiana. So uh, I know Cart was pretty locked into that. That will be discussed today. We'll give a segment to that. Um, also, give Cart a give Cart uh, a recap a read. Now, that didn't sound right. Give his recap a read on uh, Spartan Rivals. What's that? I know that you just you just wrote yeah. that. What's the website? Yeah, so it's uh, it's Spartans Illustrated. Uh, you can find my recap. And one of the great parts about me having this podcast and having this platform is that I can tell you honestly what I want to say in my recap. <laughs> if anyone actually looks at my recap, maybe reach out to me. I'd like to know some things about you <laughs> as a person because we'll get into it. But this wasn't necessarily a game that I'm rushing to go get a recap of. Let's just say that. But hey, give them the clicks. You know, we need clicks yeah. around here. That's what pays the bills. That's what gets us ad revenue. So, so you know, click. look into that. But yeah, Cart, first I'm going to turn it over to you, though, before we get into Michigan State and the other segments today. And I want to hear your YouTube comment of the day. Yeah, so uh, it's honestly a little bit weird because today's YouTube comment of the day, typically when we do this, I like kind of pick it out like five minutes before we record. Sometimes, honestly, as Greg's doing his intro, I do it. I saw this comment almost nine hours ago and I like pinpointed it because I thought it was a very interesting point and I'd like to hear your uh, your views on it. Uh, this came from Royville Ballers. There's a similarity between MSU vets versus Young Bucks versus Young Bucks discussion to what Fisher faced when the Fab Five arrived to U of M. Eventually, all Big Ten Riley and the other U of M vets were replaced in the starting lineup. Some bruises along the way. And that kind of got me thinking because, I mean, we're in the second game of the season. So I'm just going to give a little preview here because I'm surely we'll discuss this when we get to the Michigan State segment. But we're getting to the second game of the season and we're already seeing like when the young guys get on the floor, there seems to be a shift. Like tonight in my recap, what I wrote is that a lot of the sparks came from the younger guys on the court. So uh, what what do you think about that comparison of kind of the Fab Five and uh, uh, maybe the young guys taking over for the vets a little bit? Yeah, I, I mean, we'll get to it in the, the segment, but uh, it's not just you who's noticing the spark when the young guys come in. I'll put it at that. It's not just, you know, coming from the Michigan State faithful that's wanting to see these young dudes who had all the hype coming in as opposed to guys who have been there two, three, four years and, you know, maybe haven't lived up to the expectations or lived up to the hype or even come out of the gates firing. Uh, don't want to take shots at particular players. <laughs> But I'm going to do that. Jaden Aikens, like, where's the three-point shot, man? Like, this dude was spoke- yeah. this dude was getting compared to Devin Booker and Desmond Bain by your fan base, and he can't hit anything right now. Yeah, I, uh, I will say this. I'm not worried about him, though. His are going to fall. Yeah, He's right, right. His are going to fall. Uh, now, I'm with you on that. We'll get into it. Other, other players, we'll get into that. But uh, I'd also be remiss, Riley. Uh, my bit for tonight, I just got to throw this out there. Uh, honestly, after watching that Michigan State game, the only thing that was going through my head is, like, I want a cigarette. 
I want to light a cigarette. I've never smoked a cigarette in my life, but I was like, I need a cigarette. I need a, a diffuser. Uh, so because I didn't want to be a guy who goes out and gets a pack of cigarettes when I don't even smoke cigarettes, I'm just going to pour. I, just, I got a light, uh, a blue moon, light sky, citrus wheat mm. beer. Very good. A favorite of my wife's. Um, and I'm just going to have this and enjoy this and sit back and talk hoops with you. And I, you know, I just can't wait. And I'm drinking it out of a fancy glass too. So like respect to me. Mm, no, that is I'm a in, great I'm glass. My, I'm in my set. Yeah. I'm in my good, sassy. Good era. pour too. Yeah. Good Thank pour. You. I appreciate, appreciate that. Yeah. I'm with you. I think I've taken one puff of a cigarette in my life. It was in high school uh, with a group of guys I used to smoke black and milds with. But for some reason, a cigarette was a bridge too far. Did you wear did you wear uh, like a leather jacket? Like I'm picturing like you're in your Danny Zoo coach phase, like your grease phase where you got where, you know, in your it was not a leather. It was not a leather jacket, but there was a chance that some cargo shorts were still in my uh, my my drawers at that phase of my life. We used to sneak out in the woods behind a friend's house who had a 18 year old brother who would buy us black and miles. Oh, like fam is gonna love this one fam is the biggest bluffs fan out and he's actually gonna lo- love this story i can't wait i feel like that's not really a bluffs move like a bluffs move would be jacking liquor from like a, a parent's liquor cabinet or something this is this True. is more like blue collar smoke like no one wants a black and mild <laughs> facts loki <laughs> all right well let's turn it to the discord comments and we'll stick with our uh our one sentence responses today Okay, let me pull these up. And I'm going to abide by the rules. If you Just so everybody knows, for any of the new Discord members, uh, just to keep comments flowing, because sometimes uh, people don't abide by the discussion rules in the Discord, make sure you tag at Sleepers Media so that it gets read on the show, because that's how I'm going to go through it. Uh, the first one comes from Bryce. And Bryce says, with Carter bringing drinks to the pod and him being a big Drake guy, Will we see the Onda, Andalini, the Onda Civic, a can of the orange make an appearance? Yes, it will be making an appearance soon. I have not been able to locate it around me yet, but that will be making an appearance soon. Shout out to Onda Civic. Uh, let's see. Next, we got Travis Nelson. A Cardi Elliott special. MSU needs to let the young bulls rock. However, I'm concerned because this team makes offense look hard, and that's never a good thing, and you don't want to watch long to see a team to see that with a team, unfortunately. We'll get to that in the Michigan State segment. Uh, a couple more Michigan State ones. Uh, for everyone who did comment, just shout out to Malik Perry for commenting. I would tune into the Michigan State portion. Your comment will be answered. Fam, happy Bluffs Friday. Question for Riley. Are you a pet guy? Also, the Bluffs mantra grows as I realize your name is just Davis Riley backwards, the professional golfer. <laughs> Okay, got to keep this at one sentence with semicolons. Yes, I've heard the Davis Riley comparison before. Semicolon, big pet guy, love my comma, love my dog. Yep, shout out Scooby man. Uh, and lastly, another question for Riley Davis. This comes from Tristan Freeman. Well, not really a question. That is Riley. Just want you to say something nice about the ACC freshman of the year. I'm assuming he's referring to I don't even know Carrington's first name. I just I know his nickname is Bub. Bub is his nickname. I think his real name is Carlton or Kaysen. Oh no, it's Carrington. Carrington. Carrington's kind of a cool first name, but Bub is a is an S tier nickname. So yes. uh Pitt might not be that bad this year. Thanks, Steve. All right, hang on to that, Tristan. Uh, yep, that wraps up our comments for today. Once again, if you want your comments right on the show, be sure to join the Discord and we're giving you a little insight here i'm opening my heart to y'all because when you join from mobile it actually costs more money so what i'm telling you to do is go to the desktop subscribe 9.99 a month you can get in the discord it's really picking up with the season starting a lot of good game threads a lot of good you know just basketball talk in there everything going on um and also with me and greg personally like we have some things in the work so we have ideas in there we got other channels where we get other secrets out in there so uh, I, I encourage everyone to at least give it a try. I mean, $9.99 for a month, you can see what I'm talking about. If it's not good, you know, I, I appreciate you stopping by, giving it a try, but everyone should just get a little taste of the Discord just to see what it's like, and then you can make a decision from there. Hmm. Well said, well said. Yeah, maybe maybe that's the the push I need to make my Discord debut this week. I kind of I kind of like that you're not in it to be honest. It, yeah, it's it kind of little, it's, it, has a, it has a little mystery to think. It about. really does. It's fun hearing about it from the sidelines, and I I don't know if I catch any strays in there. It's fun to like hear that recapped on the show. Nice little surprise. Um, but with that being said, 
you know, we're going to get into the topics today. This is actually something I could see generating a ton of discussion in the Discord um, or any sort of medium like that. So this stems in part from uh, a team I saw this week that really impressed me. Uh, regret- regretfully, it's 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 one of the the three co-hosts of this program. It's one of his teams. And, uh, you know, I want my friends to succeed, but we we know how Greg gets when his Michigan Wolverines are good. And sometimes it's not a good look for any of us. So it's inspired partly by that, but also by Carter putting the AP, uh, the AP poll voters on notice this week, to, uh, looking for the frauds, wanting to call them out, ready to ready to scrap, ready to go outside with uh, with the way that they're producing these rankings. So this first segment we're going to do, we're going to survey the top 25. Both of us are going to pick three teams that we would boot and then replace them with three teams that we think should be in it. And I know this could be a little bit hazy because a lot of teams didn't play anybody. So it might not always make the most sense or follow the a uniform structure. With some of this, we're just going to be going from the vibes. But, Carl, I'm going to turn it over to you first and hear which three teams do you want to boot from the AP poll this week? Oh, let me Okay, let me, let me go ahead and go through this because, honestly, outside of Michigan State, was very impressed with the rest of the top 25 that was in action, uh, at least in my eyes. Um, Let's see here. Who, who would I boot? Okay, I think for starters, I would boot Gonzaga. And it honestly hurts me to do this, but with the loss of, and I don't want to butcher his name, the Steel Vendors. Ventures, that's mm-hmm. a big loss for them. He was supposed to be a really, you know, big contributor for this team. Uh, hopefully, now this puts a lot of pressure on EK to kind of stay healthy throughout the season, which he hasn't done. Uh, obviously, coming off that injury with Wyoming. So for Gonzaga, it's more so I'm a little skeptical. Injuries. Um, Hickman had really good um exhibitions. Will that carry over? I don't know. That's remained to be seen. So, unfortunately, because I'm looking at question marks in the AP poll, I think Gonzaga will be my first team to go. I don't know if I feel great about that, but it, uh, I mean, injuries are just, they'll, they suck, but it's part of the game. So, I'm going to have to boot Gonzaga. I'm sorry, Zags. Sorry, Connor Hope. Yeah, mm. I thought about them too, man. It mainly centered around the Venter's injury. As soon as I th- saw that, they're very thin on the wing. It puts a ton of pressure on Dusty Stromer to produce immediately, who had some like, I mean, I haven't crunched a ton of dust a ton of Dusty Stromer tape or anything, but the flashes I've seen of him in high school, his highlights look good. It seems like he's the type of guy who would fit in well there and give them the shooting they need. But yeah, when you, I I wouldn't completely boot them just because I believe in EK and I believe in Nimhard. I think being set at the one and the five gives you a nice little foundation, but I feel they got a ton of question marks on the wing. Like I'm, I still am not buying Nolan Hickman. I was really in on him last year. It seemed like sophomore leap would be ready to go. And again, the flashes he had shown were so good coming out of like, I think he played at Wasatch Academy. Maybe yeah. I'm out on Wasatch guys. Cause I used to be really in on Wasatch guys. I, well, but, you're a big Roddy. You're a big Roddy Gale guy. Oh, I didn't realize Roddy Gale went to Wasatch. Yeah. Roddy went okay. to Wasatch. I know Caleb Loner went there and I loved him. Yeah. He's not been good. There was that yeah. dude, Robbie Armbrester, who played at Wasatch, who started out at oh, Houston. Yeah. I thought he was going to be different, and he I think he's probably playing at like a Southland school now. You know you know who else uh, went to uh, Wasatch is uh, Rigsby from Oregon. Okay, he looked good. He looked good that yeah, first night. Yeah, so. but he went to Juco first, and then he went to Oregon. But uh, he's, yeah, real bouncy wing. I, but I think I'll do Gonzaga first. And do you want me to do my three teams, and then you do your three teams? Yeah, that sounds good. We can do okay. that. Uh, next, I think I'll go with Texas A&M. Um, and the reason I am going with Texas A&M is because, uh, and I might be in the gray on this one. I haven't heard an update about Julius Marble. I think a big part of their success is Julius Marble being with the team. Now, obviously the situation hasn't been disclosed. What is, what is actually up with him? Why he's away from the team. So obviously hope everything is okay with him. Julius Martin, Julius Marble being a former Spartan, I was really fond of him. I know he went back home to play for Texas A&M to be closer to uh, some sick family members. So hope everything is well with him. But he's a big part mm-hmm. of that team. I think that uh, Wade Taylor gets a lot of the kind of hype for that team. And as well, he should. I mean, he's an All-American level type player in my eyes. But Julius Marble was a steady post threat for them. And he was, you know, winning SEC Player of the Weeks in a pretty good conference. So, uh, with the loss of them, I think I would have to 
bump them out. I mean, they're at the 15 range, so they wouldn't have to necessarily fall off that much. But I think Texas A&M would be the next team out for me. I don't hate that pick. Consider them as well. Okay. And then, you know what, for my next one, I don't want to, I don't want to do a team with an injury. I want to do a team that actually I'm just like, mm, I'm not going to do your Tar Heels like that. I still, I still like where my boys are at. Not out, not out the top 25. That's too much. Mm. I think I'm going to go with San Diego state on this one. Um, because for me, I love that they got Lamont Butler back. You know, obviously they got Tremel back, Reese Dixon Waters. They got a good good portion of the team back, but this team lost a lot. I mean, uh, it, it, J. Dion Lee is a guy who we're kind of just waiting to break out, waiting to break out. The breakout might never come. It's it, if it does come, it'll do a lot for it'll do wonders for San Diego State. But you don't know if that breakout is necessarily going to come. And then you lose Matt Bradley, and then you lose Keisha Johnson to Arizona. And if anyone has watched Keisha Johnson at Arizona uh, for these first couple games, he looks really good, and he looks like a player that could really help San Diego State. So they're at the 17 range in the Associated Poll. I think I would bump them out as well. Yeah, San Diego State was actually one. That's the first one we're on the same page with that I would give the boot to. Uh, same reasons. Lost a lot last year. I know Cal Fullerton gave them a good game. I want to say that was close maybe until like the 15-minute mark in the second half. I think San Diego State went on a nice little run and pulled away. Um, but, yeah, I think replacing uh, – replacing. gosh, I'm blanking on Kashad Johnson, sorry. Um, and, what they, and Matt Bradley, like those two dudes – has sort of been overlooked because the system has worked so well on, under Brian Dutcher. It's going to be a, a great off, uh, excuse me, a great defense, but that's, yeah, that's never the question or them. It's that offense. That's like, how good can you truly be if you're scoring in the forties and fifties for some game? So I, I'm with right. you on San Diego state. Second one, I'm going to mention Villanova. Um, I know that they beat American by a million. American is 200, the 290th ranked team on Kim Palm. First year head coach. Like, I, I don't really take that seriously. And it's still Mark Armstrong getting big minutes. Like, he started for them and put up six points. Um, mm -hmm. And beyond that, I know it was like a 40-point win, but Lance Ware played 14 minutes, and that's about 13 minutes too many for Lance Ware. <laughs> so <laughs> they get knocked out based on the vibes alone around that. Um, and I just, like... Yeah, I don't know if they're I, – I, I think y'all talked about the sum. We probably discussed it together, but the transfer class on paper makes sense where you bring in – like I see the vision that Kyle Neptune had bringing in TJ Bamba, Trey Burton, and Hakeem Hart, like those supposed to be the rangy athletic wings. Um, but it's just none of – like I want to see it work. I want to see him make the pieces fit. I feel like Burton is really the only guy who is – Produced for a team that made the tournament. Um, I know Hart's teams have been there, but he's sort of been like the, the fifth option. So mm -hmm. yeah, that's where I'm just waiting to waiting to see a little bit longer on Villanova. The last one I am gonna boot UNC and consider you can call this a reverse jinx if you want. I wouldn't hate it. Um, but you know, I went into this year thinking that Carolina would be somewhere in the 25 to 30 range. Um, that's where I had them in my personal rankings. Like even for the Almanac, I kind of charted out my top 35, top 40. And I just wanted to see it from them. And I went into the game against Radford thinking, like, if Carolina jumps out to a 10, 15-point lead and controls from wire to wire, I'm going to feel great. Like, I'll be ready to say, like, surefire top 25 team. Because um, Radford actually has some really good guards. Daquan Smith played on that 31 Murray State team. Brian Antoine started out at Villanova when Jay Wright was there, former McDonald's All-American. Like, they have a legit backcourt. Kenyon Giles is their sophomore who played really well against power conference opponents last year. Um, so I think that they, they might even be the favorites in the Big South now with sort of the way Asheville looked the other night. Um, so, I, like, my concern level after that game was still pretty low. It, it didn't feel like Carolina almost lost it or fumbled it. It, it sort of seemed like they came out really uh, a bit disconnected on defense, which I, I'm not completely surprised based on how many newcomers they have. It seemed like the ball screen coverage um, was just some miscommunications, whether they were icing, whether they were switching. So I think they'll get that ironed out, but I'm just still, again, like with Villanova in wait-and-see mode with UNC. Yeah, so I'll comment on both of those. For Villanova, for me, I, I just can't shake the feeling that and I'm I'm trying to see how I want to word this. I can't shake the feeling that a lot of the players that they got, and I hate saying this, but I don't really want to give Neptune credit for getting those guys because I truly think that a lot of those guys came because of the Villanova brand. 
Like they mm-hmm. came to play for Nova. They came to mm-hmm. play in the Big East. They came to play for Nova. I don't know if they really came to play for Neptune. Now that's that's to be seen. I feel like he has the pieces. This is going to be a real prove it year for me in in the eyes with Neptune because he has the players. I think he can pull strings to make this a good team. I'm not saying they should be a bona fide top ten team or a team that's in the top twenty five all year, but it should be a good team that makes the NCAA tournament with mm-hmm. the pieces that they have. But that had that will require him to pull the right strings and to put players in the right position. And when you look at this team, it just seems like they did get some good pieces out of the portal, but a lot of the pieces are kind of the same. Like you just got a bunch of wings, a bunch of wings and then Lance Ware. And then obviously you have Eric Dixon, who has proven to be a good big East big man and can honestly do a lot of things. And then Justin Moore as well, but Justin Moore, you bring in all these guys who are somewhat redundant to Justin Moore, unless you kind of want to make them a, point forward situation which they try to do don't know if that's his best what's actually best for his game so uh there's just a lot of question marks for me with Villanova from the coach to how the team fits and um if I can take away anything from some of these first games that I watch is that fit means a lot more than people give credit for like I know a lot of people like watch this and are like oh my god all they say is fit 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 the guys are talented it'll work that's not how it works it really isn't it'll get you to some places but mm-hmm. so get over that hump you like it, pieces have to fit together and guys have to know their role and i think that villanova is a team that'll have issues with that um and then unc i don't know riley i think you're trying to do a little reverse jinx thing on this i don't know if they should be out of the top 25 they just need to they need to let my let let my young bull rock man let, let Cadell I know, go. Man. Let, let, I mean, it even rhymes. Let Cadell go. Let Cadell go, dude. He he needs 25 minutes a game. Like some of his defensive lapses were bad. Um, there were times where he was very much the culprit of like not icing when he's supposed to ice, and he doesn't really have the length to kind of recover on his guy if he gets beat. Uh, I think he'll get there in time. He's really quick and he can be pesky on ball. Like we saw that at the high school level for him. And he had, I think he had two turnovers on like the first two possessions he was in the game, but he settled down and had six assists in 19 minutes. Like, and he doesn't get you cheap assists. Like the dude is delivering flashy passes. I love watching him. And I think like, he's going to raise RJ ceiling too. Like the more minutes he and RJ can get together, it just makes so much sense that he's going to like, (laughs) RJ is going to get so many wide open threes. If Cadeau is like collapsing the defense on driving kicks. There's nothing a shooter loves playing more with than a point guard who just gets them easier shots, especially Mm -hmm. like when the other team knows like you can't leave RJ Davis, but like if they don't help on Cadeau or Cadeau, he's just going to see, sees the game differently. Like he sees where he anticipates in a good way where passing need to go and makes the right play. Mm-hmm. I just think he's a guy that makes the offense more dynamic. Like whether he's scoring or not, he can affect the game. And I think he can score too. That's the thing. So I, I don't know. I just, I, I understand maybe why Hubert's a little hesitant to just give the reins or give major minutes to his freshman point guard. But sometimes you just gotta be like, damn, that kid's nice. Right. <laughs> and that's what Hubert said. Like he's literally said this off season that Elliot can do stuff on teams that no one else can do, but it's, it's like, but Elliot said it himself on media day, like uh, that defense has been his biggest learning curve and how different it is. Like in the, the AAU ranks playing, play, playing on the EYBL circuit where you switch everything to actually having like more complex ball screen coverages. But I, I need it to happen before Atlantis. I'm going to, I might if we do like a Friday show that Thanksgiving week and <laughs> UNC lost on the first or second day because Cadeau played 19 minutes. Uh, it's like, it's going to be seen. I'm I'm, yes, I'm really going to have to censor myself because I got to stay in the good graces and like keep getting my credentials to Carolina games. But all right, we can move on to the positives and say which three teams we're adding to the top 25. Mm, OK, let me see here. Three teams I want to add. There's one. I'm, I, I bet there's two that we're going to be on the same page on. You think? Okay. Um, I want to try to get the first one right here. Uh, Wisconsin is they are is Wisconsin one of them? I don't. I didn't add Wisconsin out of principle. Okay, actually, I don't want to add Wisconsin either. Okay, here's what I want to go with. The first one, I've I've already harped on this, so I'm gonna get that one out of the way. Colorado deserves to be in the top twenty-five. That's one of mine. Okay, like they deserve that team is I'm. I'm feeling great. We did the like the buy sell stock game on the mm-hmm. on the episode the other day. If he asked me a question, if Greg asked me a question about what I want to do with my Colorado win the Pac-12 stock, 
I'm still holding on to that. Just let it be known. Like I, I still trust those guys. I want to see them. I think they're going to be really, really good. I love Silva, love Simpson, Cody Williams. Boyle's a great coach. Lampkin, like I'm just, I'm in on the Buffalo. Like that, I'm in on them this year. So go Buffs, go Buffs. Silva is awesome, man. Um, awesome. Had, a, had a good game on, against Towson and KJ Simpson had 22 points and three assists. I mean, continuing right where he left off. So, mm-hmm. and they beat a, a Towson team that's been really good under Pat Scary the past couple of years. Not a big mid major guy. I know Greg is dipping his toes more in those more in the waters. I'm more on the side, but even I know enough to know like Towson's been at the top, like near the top of their league, like the past three or four years. So, really nice win for them. Okay. Uh, before I go to my next two, is Michigan one of yours? Yeah, Michigan's one of them. Michigan's one of them. Okay, I'm gonna oh. leave. I'm gonna leave them. I'm gonna leave them out, and I'm gonna let you go when you go to Michigan. I think the other ones I would add, I would add Auburn in the top twenty-five. Uh, that was my second. Broom, Holloway. Um, I honestly double tap on the chest here for me. When I was talking about Auburn, totally overlooked the fact that they had Denver Jones as well. Like they they got a team. Holloway can go. Katie Johnson can go. Also, Katie Johnson looks in great shape this year too. Like it looks like he reformed his body over the summer, and obviously still has that intensity that he has. Mm-hmm. I really like that team. And then you know, Broom down low is just a is going to be a monster of a center in the country and monster in the SEC. So I really like that team, even though they weren't able to outlast. Baylor, they were in that game and honestly winning that game for most of the way, but it took some special plays from Jacoby Walter and a couple of miscues on their end uh, to lose that game. But I definitely think that Auburn should be in the top 25. Yeah, that was like my, that was my number one choice actually. And I've had them, I had them in my preseason top 25, picked them to win the SEC on last week's show for bold predictions. And what I saw, I know, like you said, a little bit of a collapse, but also like just Jacoby Walter and Eve Missy taking over who are going to be two first round picks last year. Like there's no yeah. shame in that. Um, Aiden Holloway looked exactly what we thought he was going to be um, as, as, as in like a Jared Harper, Sharif Cooper type of point guard that eats under Bruce Pearl. And mm-hmm. I know like, yeah, you mentioned in KD. I think the one of the things that sticks out to me, this was a competitive game with a top 25 team and KD got 16 minutes, which I think is like the perfect range for him. If yeah. you can get if you can keep him like 15 to 20 and kind of harness his good and minimize his bad, like mm-hmm. they're in a great spot. Like the other guy I would mention is Trey Donaldson who I wasn't even I like knew nothing about him before that first night and gave them 13 minutes off the bench, but like 6-3-2-10, that's a nice little like maybe more defensive minded guard. If you, if you need to get a stop late, who's, I think he's a former top 50, top 75 ish recruit. Like they just got a a lot of guys who can give you double digits off the bench, depending on like matchups or depending on the situation, like what they need. Um, and just some good vets too. Like, I mean, the only concern, like you said, Jai broom, I also don't know if it's Johnny or Janai. I've heard both, but I think, um, I think it's Johnny. I think Johnny. Broom. Was it? I, I, was, you, you heard me. You heard. I just said broom. <laughs> With broom, there were stretches that game where he looked like a. This might be an overreaction, but I thought he looked like a top twenty player in the country. Like when he was hitting threes he and like nice. Mouth, he looked really good, but I know he sort of tailed off a little bit down at the end. It looked like he he missed a couple shots around the rim. Like if they can get a little more consistency out of him, but he was really good for them. So yeah, I, I like that Auburn pick a lot. Yeah. And then I don't want to cheat this, but if I if we recorded this somehow like one one or two in the morning, I would put New Mexico in there because I think they're going to come off a win against St. Mary's without Jalen House, by the way. I just I love that team. Mashburn, Donovan Dent's going to have a breakout sophomore year. Um, Yeah, I just like the pieces they had. But for now, I think I will give. You know what? Shout out to John Martin. I'm going to give the edge to Memphis because I think people are out on Memphis because of the DeAndre Williams thing. And yes, that's massive. DeAndre Williams on this team, I think they are certified top 25. But at the same time, you have a team full of 25-year-olds. <laughs> that wins in today's day and age. Like, that's literally what it is. Like it, I, I know that they, they are talented, too. They got some talented kids. Like Jaquan Walton, I, I think he's talented. Javon Quinterly, he had a down year last year, but two years ago before he got hurt at Bama, he was an integral part of a really, really good basketball team. I believe they were a two-seed that year, honestly, in the tournament, if I mm-hmm. if I remember correctly. And then they got Jordan Brown on the team. They got David Jones. They still got a really good team. They got an old team. I think they're going to have a really good year. I think they deserve to be in the top 25. Yeah, that's a fair pick. Like you said, I honestly didn't realize that every dude on that roster is 25. Oh, they are, like, oh, they are old. 
old. Like they're still really old even without DeAndre Williams. Yeah, DeAndre Williams brought it down from like average age 27 to average <laughs> yeah. age 24. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, yeah, like you said, Michigan is my third team. The and I'll add, I'll throw in Mississippi State in the mix for someone that was considered. Um looked good last night. Yeah, I know Arizona State looked really bad, but <laughs> like they might just be terrible. Um but Mississippi State, that defense is going to be disgusting. And the fact that they – who was that dude, Trey something? Trey it was like a, Juco, was a UT dude. Martin transfer. Okay, he played at yeah. Juco after – so never... start, start, Started at UT Martin, went Juco, and now he's at Mississippi State. Shout out to, shout out to Brandon Goble on that one. He shouted that shout, out. Yeah, shout out to him. Um, that's insane, man. Like, I, I guess that's the, those are the type of dudes that Chris Jans thrives with. Like, I yeah. watched the first half of that game, checked the box score – at some point this morning and just assume that Andrew Taylor, the Marshall transfer lit them up or something. Cause that was their big get. And I saw he played like 10 minutes and didn't really do yeah, anything. He, so he, that that's the thing. Like, uh, and honestly, I was thinking about doing Mississippi state too, because they did this without Tulu. They did this without Shaquille Moore mm-hmm. and Andrew Taylor honestly looked overwhelmed by Arizona state a little bit, kind of being the up transfer, you know, right. he, it's a different, it's a different level playing against those type of athletes. Um, and they still dominated this basketball game. They looked really good. I love, love that freshman Hubbard. Like he was not afraid at all. Uh, I believe he was a former Houston commit, maybe if I'm not correct. Or maybe sorry, a former Ole Miss commit, actually, maybe. But uh yeah, they 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 got a good team. Jan's got something there. They check and like they're doing this without their best player. Like Toulouse mm-hmm. Smith is a monster. <laughs> Jans is a great coach. I mean, you see it that like as soon as he left New Mexico State, it it turned into like oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, like the worst <laughs> stereotypes of New Mexico from Breaking Bad, you know, like <laughs> ten, it's like dudes getting charged with 10 felonies yesterday. So. T- honestly, a hundred <laughs> times worse than that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'll speak about Michigan and like, uh, thought, thought I might dodge this cause Greg's not here, but I, I know I appreciate and, you carrying the torch for the Wolverine. Hey, I won't be obnoxious about it. Like Greg will, but I, I like, they do this like, every other year where they come out of nowhere, have a really good non-conference. And I wouldn't be surprised if this is the start of that with beating a really good Asheville team. Um, I think part of this could be because I love Olivier Kamwa for what he did to Duke. The fact that he ended their season, had 27 points and put Kyle Filipowski in a pack, like sent him into the surgical room to get some uh, Justice Winslow hips. Like (laughs) Kamala is my guy. I thought he looked so good. And just like that athleticism is a game changer. I think it's going to be a game changer in the big 10 too. Um, five dunks, five dunks in one game as a four, like it's not an, it's not just a five man who's a run and dunk specialist or something. Um, Doug obviously looked great. Y'all talked about that ad nauseum. And I think the the big thing is just putting up 99 points, which is like 1.4 points per possession on UNC Asheville. Like I know this cause I covered the big style for the almanac. Asheville had the best defense by far last year in the big South. Really? And with, the, yeah. with that same, with that same lineup, same dudes, it's, most of the same dudes. They they Most lost their they lost their second best player, Tajon Jones, mm-hmm. who was like the all time leading scorer, Asheville history, knockdown shooter, about six three, six four, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so that's that's the one knock is like they don't have that same firepower like on the wing without him. They still have Drew Pember. Um, they still have a ton of a core that won their league last year. And just the reason why I think it matters for Michigan, aside from how good the offense was, watching that game, they dismantled. Asheville within the first 10 minutes in a very similar way that UCLA did in the tournament. And that was where like UCLA, I think when they were healthy last season, we considered them a top 10 team, one of the best teams in the country and watching Michigan beat Asheville like that in a similar fashion. I'm not ready to nowhere near ready to say they're going to be a top 15, top 10, but like if they hover in that 20 to 25 range this year, uh, I think kind of like Greg said that that top four is enough between Doug, Burnett, Kamwa, and Terrace Reed, if you can get Terrence Williams to know his role, if you can get some nice performances here and there from Trey Jackson uh, or my guy Yo-Yo, I still love Yusuf mm-hmm. Kaya and want him to succeed. <laughs> um, I think that's enough. Like, if you have four really good starters, that can keep you a back-end top 25 team and, like, in the solidly in the five to six range consideration for the tournament all season. Yeah, and I, and I hate to sound like a broken record on this because I did state this last night, uh, and it's it's centered around what you just said. Like, that four is good enough that if they play 
not even to their ceiling because I feel like last night those guys played or the the other night when they played Asheville, those guys played to their ceilings. Doug did, Olivier for surely did, uh, Namari somewhat did, but and Terrace kind of you know padded his stats towards the end to kind of play to his level. But like if you get those four guys to give you something and play to a good level. You really don't have to worry about depth as much as you think. And then, like, mm-hmm. whatever you get outside of that is just, like, a welcomed addition. Like, whatever you get from Trey Jackson, whatever you get from Terrence Williams, that's just, like, a all right, cool. Yep, I'm with you on that. So go Johnny's, uh... by the way. <laughs> go Johnny's? Yeah, they play St. John's next. I thought they have they have Youngstown on Friday. When do they oh, play? Go, oh, you're right, you're right. Go, go Penguins. Penguins. Go Penguins have... and, and then go Johnny's. Okay, I'm sorry. I can't cheer for St. John's. I've ranted about them before. Like, on, I hope man. I need Michigan to pack St. John's up. Oh Dude, my god! Like, let's let Greg be happy for like three weeks. Once they get to Atlantis, like they'll start losing. Hopefully, like let, let's let Greg have his victory laps. And if they lose to St. John's, you get to tweet out your Rick Pitino meme about him being T Mac on the Hawks. Okay, you're true. okay, that's true. Okay, that's true. All right. We yeah, let we win. let we let this will be the real test to see if Greg listens to this. We'll let him get his hopes up, let it build, and then we get to be there praying on the downfall of Michigan and Atlantis. Okay, bet. Agreed. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Um staying in the mitten state. I don't know what y'all call Michigan. <laughs> yeah, was, you know, the mitten. You oh, know, the, the mitten, sweet. Yeah, the Look mitten. Me yeah, know the Midwest mitten. lexicon. We'll turn yeah. over to, to your team to, to, to East Lansing. Uh Michigan State. With the win tonight, I don't, I can't remember the final score. I know, I think it was by 23 uh, points. 74 to 51. 74 51. Cart, I know you and Greg talked about that yesterday. That was a big forecasting to see how would Izzo respond? How would the veterans respond? What tweaks would he make? What did you think of what you saw tonight? Okay. I want to, I want to make this, uh, and this is an honor to Greg by using this word. I want to make this unequivocally clear that Southern Indiana is one of the worst teams to grace a division one basketball court. They just transitioned into D one a couple years ago. I believe two years ago was last so year was their first I, year in D one. Last year was their first year in D one. Okay. So eventually Southern Indiana down the line, they might have something this year. This is a team we should have ran by 40. If we are who we think we are now, let's take a step back because we are not who we think we are. There's a couple things I want to address about this game shooting for one. Through two games, I believe the stats are we are three for, I want to say three for 33, three for 34, maybe. Uh, I think something it's two. around that. I think it's two for is 32. It yes. Yeah, oh, it, it, no, it is two. two for 31. Two for 31. Two for, it is two for 31. I believe Trey Holloman hit one and then Tyson Walker hit one tonight. And, and Nick Sanders, the walk on, actually had one rim out tonight. He was one of those three point snipers. That's where we're at in our, our, our Michigan State fandom right now. Um, they're a concern for me. Like the shooting is a concern. Don't get me wrong. But at the same time, I would bet every dollar that I have that Jay Nakins is going to make some of the shots that he had. He has some really good looks. We know who Jay Nakins is. We saw him be a knockdown shooter. Those are going to fall. Okay. Tyson Walker is going to be able to shoot and get it. Like we can, we can count on Tyson Walker to do it too. Um, now it's just like, where does other like where do we get some other shooting from is it maybe xavier booker um is it guys like aj hogard who are able, able to knock down a couple shots i think uh and then you know it, on paper it would be malik hall but to be honest I, something's wrong with malik hall's jumper right now i mean the hitch just gets worse and worse every single game not really sure what it is i think it might be in his head at this point but like the the jumper just doesn't it just looks off it looks very slow robbie hummel actually pointed it out on the broadcast tonight um but in, in, in any in any regards, I'm confident the shooting will be okay. Now, the long-term concerns for me, defensive rebounding. This team is going to be one of the worst defensive rebounding teams in Power Five conferences. And I think that we're going to have to adjust to that. Like, I don't, I don't have a fix for that. I don't think there's a player on this roster that will necessarily fix that. I mean, Jay Nakins was one of our better rebounders tonight, even though Mati Sissoko led the team in rebounding with 10. A lot of those were him getting his own misses. So uh, I don't think we can count on Mati to be the main rebounder of this team. We have to rebound by committee, and that's going to lead to some bad defensive rebounding numbers. And I'm not sure how you exactly fight through that. Um, you know, obviously you could say teams got to box out and teams got to rally to the ball, but at the same time, some guys just aren't good defensive rebounders. So that's definitely going to be a concern moving forward. And then lastly, before I turn it over to you after my long monologue here, 
the, the young bulls got a rock, man. The young bulls got a rock. And, you know, I don't know how long they necessarily got a rock for, but I, I know for a fact that the vets on this team got to be like, damn, we, we started off slow in Tennessee. Young guys come in, provide a spark. We started slow against James Madison. Once again, young guys come in. We start slow the second half of Southern Indiana and let them go on a 12-0 run after they couldn't hit the broad side of a barn or dribble, for that matter. Young guys come in again and provide a spark. So I think they need to realize that, and I, and this is the thing, I don't want it to become a vets versus young guys thing. That's not the case. Like I don't want them to be looking over their shoulder and be like, oh, here come the young guys, or the young guys being like, oh, man, we could do better than the vets. It's just like they got to help each other out. Like they got to realize that they can play to their level and the young guys can help them out and the young guys can play to their level and the vets can help them out. And like when you think about really good teams, Riley, it's teams that have vets and young guys that are cohesive and you got a good mix of those. And then you throw in a little little good coach on top of that, a little spice, to, mm-hmm. and then you got a great team. So are we going to find that perfect match, that perfect kind of cohesion? I don't know. But I think that's part of the reason why we look like we do now. Yeah, like you said, the template is there for this team to be really good. There's a reason why they're preseason top five, and it's not just because they made the second weekend last year. I picked them to win the national title. I know it's not the most talented roster in the world, but there's national national title level talent nonetheless. And I love the combination of vets. I thought that you'd get enough shooting between Tyson Walker and Jaden Akins that other shooting concerns wouldn't matter as much. And even if it's not the best group of freshmen, like they're not on Duke's freshman level. I thought Izzo had got his swagger back. I thought he was like, I've done things my way and it's working out for me. And I'm like that all of that, uh, that's the makings of a title team. And like you said, with those young dudes, that was exactly the main point I wanted to hit on was that 12-0 run. Xavier Booker enters the game, uh, immediately gets a dunk. And then on the very next play, they ran a little offense through him. I think he kicked it out to Trey Holloman. Um, who made the extra pass. I can't remember who scored off it. It might've been Carr, might've been someone else, but it was like, dang, if, if Michigan state is able to like put Xavier Booker in the middle of the floor and let him make some decisions and let him pass a little bit again, I know it's against Southern Indiana, but I didn't even know that was in his bag. Like his talent is so apparent. I love that he had a block tonight too, just to show that he could do something on defense. Cause I know that's been <laughs> his knock as well. Like yeah. it, it just seems like as soon as he gets in, it's just, He's so much more instinctive than Sissoko um, and just has a knack to make plays. And I know Sissoko had a double-double. Like, I don't know if that – yeah, I, I haven't watched him enough to have the same feelings that that you do, Cart. Um, hey, uh, hold on. Let me, uh, I know it was a, it, nah, the nah, double nah. – let me, let, No, no, no. Let me, put my, let me put my hater chain on right now. That was the most fluky double double in the history of double doubles. That's reason. What that's the reason why Southern Indiana should low key be a little bit ashamed of themselves because that was a fluky double double. <laughs> All right, good. I I didn't think that would have changed your opinion, especially because it's an OVC team that's you know was playing D two teams uh, two years ago. But yeah, the other takeaway this that deals with the young with the young guys. I love that Tom Izzo has already thrown his arm around Jeremy Fears. Um, mm-hmm. I actually had the game on mute at that point, so I don't know what Hummel and Kugler, uh, C- C- Kevin Kugler, was saying saying yeah. about it. Um, but I I always love that dynamic between Izzo's and his players. Like whenever you see like Draymond would do it, Cash would do it, where they would throw their arm around Izzo, and I like to see Izzo do it too. It just it's it's it was very wholesome, and it made me think like, okay, Izzo already trusts this guy, and maybe we see Fears enter the lineup soon, enter the starting lineup. Hey, I mean, one of the first things that popped into my mind is last year Big Ten tournament. Um, when AJ Hogard and Ty- and Tom Izzo had their little moment on the bench, and it was like is it was Hogard basically, honestly disrespecting Coach Izzo and shaking him off like, all right, bro, like all right, like I ain't listening to that, I ain't trying to hear that. And then you see that thing with Fears, and it's just refreshing, like as a freshman to take that coaching. And you know, he was just he was doing so many things, like making the right passes, he was getting on transition, and honestly, he got shorted of some assists because Booker wasn't able to finish some dunks in this game. Um, and it's. You know, I find myself in a push and pull situation a little bit with Booker because, like you said, you pointed the dunk and the other things that he can do offensively, you see it. It's a threat. The other team notices that, too. Like, just having him on the floor, people are going to close out to him. Mm-hmm. Like, people are not closing out to Malik Hall right now, and that just – it just condenses the floor right now when he's out there. Uh, when Well, when Hall's out there, so it opens up when Booker's out there. But also, at the same time, 
there was like a five or seven minute stretch in the second half where I where Booker just looked like he was completely lost defensively. Like, I mean, real, real bad. Not just like yeah, freshman yeah. loss, but just like who we, <laughs> we can't have you on the floor if you're going to be doing this. So, uh, you know, it's a, it's a push pull. Th- it's a push pull right. thing. There needs to be some type of, there is a lineup that I think brings out the best in Michigan state and maybe coach is tinkering with that right now. If you're going to do it, now's the time to do it. And he is, he's, he's what he masters the art of tinkering with lineups and rotations. He loves to do it. It brings him joy. So maybe he'll find it, but uh, yeah, you just, I just want to see the young bulls rock a little bit. That's yeah. all. I mean, we, we touched on this, I think two years ago in the program formerly known as unscripted great podcast name, by the way, rest in peace unscripted. Um, <laughs> or that iteration of it, at least but when uh when Roy Williams showed up to that Michigan State game his first year of retirement I feel like he and Izzo are very much of the same ilk because Roy would do the same stuff in the non-converse against these it, it wouldn't even necessarily be like teams as bad as Southern Indiana where he would just throw like he would if he was pissed at the starters he would put walk-ons in there just to like troll the fan base and then he'd throw in Andrew Playtech and get him like his 10 minutes in the first half like uh he used he would do that with Luke May as a freshman and sophomore. We were all like, Roy, what are you thinking? This guy's buns. And then he hits like <laughs> then he hits one of the biggest shots in Carolina history. Uh I added I added at some tweets after that. But um <laughs> last thing I'll say about this Michigan State game, and this would even tie into fears and getting Izzo to throw the arm around him. I don't think anybody at Michigan State should wear number five and a headband. Like the five headband combo, I think should be retired. Like I think Trey mm-hmm. Holloman, like maybe throw on like a do they still have like i don't think the ninja headbands are allowed in games anymore no they're not but you got you got to spice it up a little bit because that just it'll every time i see it i'm like oh cassius winston and it's trey holloman but if anybody was going to do it at least give it to like fears because he's sort of in that same mold as like the next up as far as michigan state point guards but yeah part of the reason holloman is not going to flourish is because he's not honoring honoring legacy right mm-hmm. now cohen mm-hmm. you see cohen carr's got 55 you know he's got a five in there Carson Cooper's got a five in his number, but they respect the singular five. Holloman is not respecting the singular five right now. All right, let's move on uh, more to my neck of the woods and talk the biggest matchup of the day. Really has a chance to be the game of the non-conference season, at least this far. Uh, could end up being like probably one of the best five to ten games we see this year. It's Arizona on the road and Cameron Indoor at Duke. I will be in the building. Looking forward to that. Hey. Um I know the field of 68 is doing a live show afterwards that I was not invited on, but I've already told Jeff Goodman and Rob Doster, if Arizona wins, I'm coming on the show. <laughs> and I think they think I'm joking, but I will be there. I will be there. I will be there. Especially if, if, if Caleb love drops 30 plus, I'm still claiming that as a UNC win. Like that's what I do. Um, but yeah, I want to talk a little bit with this matchup. What are you most looking forward to about it? And what do you think is going to be like the X factors, like the key for Arizona to win or the key for Duke to win? Yeah, you know, well, first of all, I want to shout out to Arizona for actually doing this. Like the fact that Arizona is going to Cameron for their, is it their, did they have their first real game or they still do exhibitions? I think they had their first real Uh, game, Yeah, they played played Morgan State and beat them. Morgan State. Okay, yeah, true. So like, first of all, credit to them for actually going to Cameron. I respect not ducking the smoke. Um, And like you said, this is going to be a really good matchup. Uh, Flip has been one of the scariest players to me this year already because in everything that I watched them, whether it was the blue and white scrimmage for like Midnight Madness or the exhibition games, like I'm I am actually looking into the fact that doctors might have cheated by giving him a new hip because he's a bad man with that. Like he was bad last year, but new hip flip is it's scary. Insane. It's, it's insane, just man. and and I hate and, it. man. And Roach is so and Roach and and McCain. Uh, do you know Mark Mitchell's playing in this game? I haven't seen that. I haven't looked. I need to look it up. Okay. Okay. Because I think I think that'll actually play a factor. But even though even 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 beyond that, um, I think that the true I it might be the easy cop out here, but I feel like it's gonna come down to what guards play better. Like you got mm-hmm. the treat, you got Bradley, you got Boswell, and you got Caleb Love. Like I think it's gonna come down to those guards versus, you know, versus uh, versus uh, versus Duke's guards. Honestly, mm-hmm. I think that's what it's gonna come down to. And then at the same time, like, is Balo gonna be able to hold his own against Flip? And that's also gonna be an X factor, I think, just because Balo is probably gonna have to guard Flip on the perimeter a little bit. 
Follows pretty good at moving his feet for a big fella, but flips a different animal. Uh, so it's going to be a really, really good game. If I had to make a prediction, honestly, I think that Duke wins the wins the basketball game just because of how they're looking. They're at home. Um, but, you know, I'll never doubt Caleb Love coming into Cameron. I'll tell you that. Yep. Yeah, and I'm. I actually think you know maybe we'll. I think we'll see Ballo on flip some. Um, but if Mitchell's out, then Ryan Young's probably starting at the five. Which, yeah, that would. Yeah. Umar Ballo is going to start the game. He could start the game with like eight straight points if Ryan Young is on him. Like I don't think Ryan Young can't check Ballo, especially mm-hmm. with having guards that know how to get him the ball. Um, but I think if there's any defensive player that can frustrate Filipowski this year. Kashad Johnson is in that mold. Great athleticism, good length, really smart defender who's come from a great system in, in San Diego State. Like that's the archetype for what you want to slow down someone like Kyle Filipowski. So I think it, it I would I would assume that Tommy Wood's going to try to get him on flip for the majority of the game. Um but yeah that I think that'll be a, a huge swing factor. And then I, I I'm honestly just kind of struck by how even the the like guard matchups seem to be when you have like the like both teams have four guards that they can run through between like Bradley Boswell Love and Pella Larson for Arizona and then um Roach McCain Foster and Proctor for Duke. Like uh that's gonna make for some interesting matchups. Honestly, I think Caleb Love's defense could play a big role in this. Like it, last year the big knock on him was his off ball defense and he would he like told me that once and admitted that that like sometimes he had fallen asleep, like getting around screens. Uh, and if he's on Jared McCain and McCain is running off of screens, like you can't let him get hot in a big game in Cameron. Such a tough place to win. They went undefeated there last year. Um, but then again, Love can make up for it on offense. Like there's a decent chance he could get hot, go off for 25 plus points. I was crunching some numbers today to get his career averages against Duke. Uh, <laughs> he's four and three against Duke. Um, don't forget that Duke fans, Caleb Love left UNC with a winning record against Duke, even after they swept us last year. Uh, in, in seven games against Duke, averaged 17.7 points, 4.9 assists. So he's averaging about 18 and five in in against Duke for his career. Now his shooting percentages, it's kind of been the story of his career, a little more bleak, only 40% from the field, 30% from three in those career games. But yeah, he's obviously had huge games against Duke before. Um I think that's going to be the main storyline, but I don't. If you really get into it, I, I'm. I think like the front court battle is going to be equally as fascinating. Yeah, it's it's going to be a great game. Like I'm. First of all, I'm jealous you're about to be Cameron. That game's going to be rocking. I can't wait, man. It's it's going to be a great basketball game. Um, and yeah, I it, I I don't know. I feel like in moments like that, just because of who the guards are too. Like Tyrese, like just the Tyrese Proctor and Caleb Love storyline. Like he leaves Duke. I mean, sorry, he leaves North Carolina after battling with Duke all those years at North Carolina, and then he's coming back to face Tyrese Proctor, who is everyone's been talking about Tyrese Proctor, first team All American, all this, all this hoopla. You don't think Caleb Love hears all that? Like he, he's a player who hears that and relishes in shutting that that talk down. So mm-hmm. it's going to be a great game. All right. Well, I'm sure we'll talk that on Monday. Or I won't be there. I'm sure y'all will talk it on Monday, but <laughs> maybe I'll crash that. Honestly, I have the Zoom link and make a little cameo appearance. Um, 